We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. I guess I'm getting old. God healed my hip and my knees are filling up full of fluid. It happens every year. Just getting old. In the wintertime. Yep, in the wintertime. I don't know what that is, but I don't know if it's barometric or what it is. But it goes away when the sun comes out, you know. <laughs> in the old days, they just kept draining them. They just, yeah, just, well, let's drain it. Let's drain it. That, that was the. That was the answer. Okay, let's let's. We ended last week talking about the white throne and those things, and so let's turn to Revelation twenty-one. I kind of want to end off with this, and and let's let let's let this be a really open discussion about what you think, or about what you feel, or about what you've been taught, or about what you've studied, or about what you've learned. Let's talk about this because it's very interesting. This thing, the New Jerusalem. It's really interesting. And I'm just going to kind of read, and if we want to stop, let's stop. And Verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Stop for a second. We're already getting into some, there's no more sea. So what does that tell you? What? This is a very interesting, <laughs> when you start studying this, this chapter 21, the heaven, and there was no more sea. All right, let's just keep going. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So he sees this city, and this city is adorned like a bride would adorn herself for her husband. Anybody? Okay. Native city, not just any old city. Native dwelling. Yeah, that's good. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he, he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Everybody good so far? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So apparently, there's some crying going on in New Jerusalem. Or he wouldn't be wiping away tears. Just the thought process, as we read. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are all passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and law liars shall have, the, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, 
which is the second death. Verse 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. So this was one of the angels that was involved in the seven plagues. And he talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. So who is that? Okay, so far so good. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Hold on. Let me back up. I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. So he carried me into this high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of, uh, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was likened unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear and crystal. And so we go through this, and I want to just kind of walk through this description. And had a great, and a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and the the gate, the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. So there's twelve gates, and on each one of those gates is one of the names of the tribes of the. Of the twelve tribes, and on the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. Verse fourteen, and, and the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So you're kind of getting an idea. And he and and he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And so this angel that's talking to him has this reed, has this measuring stick that he's going to measure this city. Verse 16, and the city lieth four square. Maybe that's where the uh, four square church came from. I don't four square. And the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. 12,000 furlongs translates into 500 miles. A furlong is an eighth of a mile, 220 yards. So when you multiply 12,000 times 220, and divide by 5,280, which is how many feet, you get it's 500 miles. And it's a square, 500, 500, 500. So let's keep reading. The length and the breadth and the height are equal. And he measured the wall, and 140 and four cubits. The standard cubit in that day is 18 inches, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. So if you measure 140 and 4 cubits, the wall is 216 feet thick. Roughly about 72 yards, if you get an idea. So verse 18, And the building of the wall of it was jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. So this gold is so pure, it's like clear glass that you can see through it. So what are we looking at here? Let's stop for a second. What, what are we looking at here? See if you are paying attention. Pretty good-sized building. Pretty good-sized city. Pretty good-sized set of walls. Huh? Yeah, so this is it because we, we have an idea. The hardest thing about Revelation is trying to decide, man, is this just a for real physical thing? Or is this thing something that's projecting something greater than we can understand? And so let's keep going. 
And the city was of pure gold, like unto clear glass. Verse 19. And the foundation of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second was sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, an emerald. The fifth is sardonyx. The sixth was sardius. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, chrysoprophus. The eleventh, adjacent. The twelfth, an amphithus. Have you ever looked these words up? It's this rainbow of the most beautiful gems that exist. It's, now, it's not the colors of the rainbow, but, but this thing is a rainbow. What are we looking at here? The foundation of the wall. This is the foundation. Now, I, I thought the streets were, I thought it was pure gold that you could see through. And now all, so you're getting a mental picture? So there's this gold that's so pure you can see through it. But in the foundation that's there, there all of these precious stones. You remember what we were called? We were called lively stones. I'm going to mess up some of y'all's heaven. I can tell right now. Twelve gates, verse 21, were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold. And if it were transparent, boy, he keeps bringing this transparent gold up. You heard Bishop say not long ago, the stuff we're going to walk on is one of the most precious thing that we, in, in commodity of mineral that we have in this world today is gold. And it's the very thing that, you know. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon. To shine in it, for the glory of the God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So, this city no no longer needs. Let me stop here. When God starts something, God will finish it. He, God does not leave anything undone. When God started Eden, God's gonna finish it. And so the point and place that we're to be in is Eden. But here's the difference. One of the things we have to understand. In Eden, there was a sun. In Eden, there was a moon. In Eden were all of these things. And the sun, but the sun and the moon were given for what? Times and seasons. And, but there, there will be no more times and seasons. So since there's no more time and season in eternity, there's no need for the sun or the moon. Well, wait a minute, where are we going to get the light from? You don't have to worry about that because Jesus is the light. He is the light that we need. We'll have no need for the celestial bodies, no, no purpose in them. So everything that was created, God said, that was created for our, for our benefit, right? The things that were created on earth were for us, for us to, because it was the likeness or the image of God in heaven, the likeness and the image of God in earth. That was us and all that. Now, not everything we see in the earth is all the likeness and image of God. It's like we aren't all the likeness and image of God, only in that he had the touch of humanity because there's so much about God we can't even fathom or understand. And so everything that's in Scripture is for God's relationship with you and you with him. And and that's the whole principle of kind of what we're reading here. We'll go through it some more. Bishop, the light that God saw in creation before the sun and moon and stars were created, that's the light that will light heaven. Yeah. Because that word light in the beginning, when he said, let there be light, that had, there was no moon, 
no star, no sun. That word means illuminated glory or illuminated the likeness and glory of God. And we just read here that, that verse 23, for the glory of God did lighten it. So it, we're, we're back to where we started. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor unto it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Now, th this is, has something to do with the Jewish culture in, in, in the time of cities. Every city had gates, and, and when the sun came up, the gates were open, and when the sun went down, the gates were closed. And what John said here is there's, the sun's never going to go down because there won't be any sun that the glory of God, the light, Jesus Christ, will be lit so the gates will always be open. They'll never be closed. Verse 26, And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So chapter 21 is full of this description, if you will, of what the new Jerusalem is going to be like. And so I want to get your, your thought. I mean, we got a little bit of time. Your thought, does this sound like it's an, an actual physical tabernacle, if you will? Because it, when you read the dimensions, the dimensions make it sound like it's a f building, square feet, miles, and all these things. But when you back up to verse 9, where, where the angel said, come with me, John. I, I want to show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And so he carries John to this high mountain, and he said, here is that great city, New Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And nowhere in the rest of this description, and we're going to go into 22, in the rest of this description, does he talk about, okay, hold on a second. I've shown you this city. Now let me show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Let's just keep going, verse 20, or chapter 22. And remembering that these chapters and verses were put in here after, after the writing. They weren't really originally in chapter and verse. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God on the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. Stop. I thought there was no time. So let, let's keep going. Now, while you are giving me the puzzle look now, I want your input. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, who are the nations that he's talking about here? guess anybody it's us the nations it's us it's it's all the nations of people not just america it's all the the nations here is a reference to all the people the saved people and there there shall be no more curse stop what's he talking about no more curse no death no sickness what else? No sin. What else was cursed? No more curse on the earth won't be cursed. 
be, there'll be no more curse whatsoever. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, no need for a candle, neither the light of the sun, for the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. That word quickly means suddenly. It's not a time, it's not a time factor. Like I'll be there quickly, five minutes, quickly, 12 minutes. It means suddenly. When I come, it's going to happen suddenly. And I, John, verse 8, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard them, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. He, then he said to me, see that the, don't do that. Don't, don't fall down and worship me. For I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophets. John got a word from somebody here. Let me read it again. I, I saw these things, heard them, and I, I fell down to worship. And he said, don't do this. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which kept the sayings of this book, worship God. And he said unto me, Seal not. You remember in Daniel, when Daniel had all the vision of all the things, what did God tell him to do? Seal it up, not for you. He said to me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. So the prophecies of, of, of revelation from the time it was given have never been sealed. The seals that were broken earlier in the, pro, in the prophecy and revelation were not the seals of the prophecy, but were the, were, were, were the seals upon Israel. When those seals began to be broken, it had to do, because you remember when we, in our study, we began the first three chapters deal with the church, and then he stops dealing with the church, and from there on, he starts dealing with Israel. And he deals with Israel all the way up to chapter 20. And so now he's back dealing with everyone again, all of us together. And he's saying, listen, don't, John's saying that don't, the angels don't do, this book is not sealed. It, it is it's open for us to understand. So why haven't we understood it? Because there's also purpose in time, Right? God's purpose is revealed. God's purpose was revealed in the time and will of God, not in the time and will of man. And so each each design purpose and revelation, that when it had been fulfilled, it was in the design purpose and will of God. Verse 11. He that is unjust, let, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Why? Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. So let's stop here because we're going to run out of time. So what, what have you kind of processed as New Jerusalem? Very similar to the Garden of Eden. Yeah. 
Right. You're talking about the gold, the silver, the clay. Those were the different dispensations or, or different kingdoms of uh, the Gentiles. Right, right. So in New Jerusalem, we're looking at precious stones precious metals, gold that is so pure that it's clear. That's what I'm asking you. That's what I'm asking you. The gems, because every one of those is a gem. Bishop's dying to say something. <laughs> uh, there's just a principle in Scripture called the law of first mention. When something is mentioned in Scripture, whether it's allegorical or whatever, you have to translate it everywhere else you see it in Scripture in the context that it's first mentioned in Scripture. So kingdoms were identified as metallic in Daniel's image. So what we're seeing is a representation of kingdoms and people in eternity. So each one of those gems represents the preciousness, if you will, of different peoples, different groups, different dispensations. All of those. They're all representative of, of, of what the glory of God is about in our life. And the entry to the city is pearl. Now, the pearl is the only jewel yeah. that is formed out of an animal. And it's formed out of an irritation. When they wounded Jesus' side, they said there came out of his flesh blood and water. We were taken out of the side. The pearl is taken out of the side of the oyster. So the gates of pearl represent what? Overcame. If, if a pearl is an irritant and it's the gate to the city, but it's always open, so that you pass through the pearl. Mm. We're, we're so physically minded that we're missing the glory that is the new Jerusalem. We're so physically minded that we're missing 
what Jesus actually did for us because we're so physically minded. So, so can't, is it possible? Anything is possible with God. But understand this, the, him that sat upon the throne, that the word throne itself doesn't mean physical chair. It means the ultimate power and authority. So when Jesus said on the right hand, he didn't, the spirit has no right, left, up, down, back. That, that is, the, again, it's a reference to the authority and power. And so when you read throne in Scripture, when, it, when it's referencing God, when it's referencing New Jerusalem, all those, it is the essence of the power of God. So I saw him that sat upon a throne. You know, that's one of the things the question is asked. Who are we going to see when we get there? Yeah. Jesus is the manifestation of God in flesh. We are the image of God in flesh. Now, when this image becomes incorruptible, this image is going to see that image. We're going to see the God, Jehovah God of all, sitting in power and authority. But again, he had a different body when he came out of the grave. So will we. What, you know, what was the purpose of giving description? If, if you go back to, to if you go back into Jewish history and you go out to Jewish custom and you go up and you start talking about walls and cities, who were the most powerful people in any given kingdom? The one that had the largest? They were the most powerful. And that's gone through history. One of the things I learned by going to Ireland quite a bit was, and, and I've read a whole lot about it, was that the power always denoted who had the biggest building. That was the most powerful. When the next one came in, they overthrew them. They built a bigger building. And so that's, that's, that's a reference. Yeah, you know, uh, if there's no physical, uh, you know, we got to be okay with it. But was there physical in the garden? Okay. If he's, if he's going to finish what he started. Well, I think the tree of life is a physical tree. Yeah. Because it was in the garden. Right. As was the knowledge. And she Eve had access to the tree of life. Mm-hmm. It gives fruit in all 12 seasons. We're going to feed on that tree. That will be the only diet we have. Yeah. And, and, and it is what gives us immortality. Understand this, Adam and Eve in the garden still had to eat. Before they sinned and before all of this went down, they still had to, that's how God created us. In the garden, there were, there were rivers that flowed out of Eden. You know, you look at the, you freight, all of those, those rivers float. So is there a physical place? God's taken us right back. The essence of the spiritual part of this is the glory of God is not going to be the fruit. It's not going to be the, even the tree of, uh, of life. The glory of God is going to be who? The bride. He is, his glory shines through his bride. That's why it says that his glory gave the light. His light gives the glory, but his bride, in other words, we're going to be presented to somebody. First, we're presented to him. That is the scripture. Then the angelic host is going to stand back and go, 
How many angels are there? And, and this is what we're supposed to be doing now. <laughs> Paul talks about the glory of this and the glory of that, each having the glory of itself. Your purpose in life is to demonstrate some aspect of God's glory yeah. that no one else can reflect. Exactly. The That's plants do it. The animals do it. Right. There was a glory in him that came from God, right, that he lost. And, and, and that's, that's another thing I think we, we look so forward to going to heaven and the New Jerusalem, all those things, when in fact, we're, read those different stones because we're supposed to be one of those stones in this earth. That's what we're, we're representative of one of those stones in this earth. That's why the nations, us, anybody that's a believer, winds up in this fabulous. You know, artists in, in times past, they keep a, a palette of color by their canvas that if they want a yellow or a red or a blue, most artists today use a paint palette that is furnished by the paint company. But the artists, the Van Goghs and the Michelangelos, they used actual rubies and amethyst and topazes. They had the original mm. stones that they used to represent and, and, and to mix their colors when they painted on a canvas. And I think there's there's this symbol in that also. Yeah. If God if God is going to wipe this earth clean with fire, He's going to clean it up for a reason. Passes away. The first earth passes away right before, as white throne happens, that's the end of time at white throne, not at Armageddon. At the, at the end of time, then God cleans this whole thing up because he intends to have this new Jerusalem. No, just the armies that are in Megiddo, in, in the valley, yeah. And fire is used for purification, not just destruction. Right. Fire can only destroy haywood and stumble, stubble. It can only purify gold and silver. So when the fire comes, it's talking about a judgment. It'll purify some and destroy others. Yeah. No longer any sea. The sea, the sea in Scripture represents restlessness, tumult and turmoil and ebb and flow. We've read where it says it says that 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 hell and the sea gave up their dead. Right. Why would you just stick sea in there? Why wouldn't the land over here? 
And why wouldn't that island over there? Why the sea? Why? Because the reference, you know, what do you think when you think of sea? Yeah, yeah, rough waters, choppy waters, uh, hurricane-type situations, the, the coarseness of to, to, tossing to and fro, all of that stuff. You know, the Scripture says that that's what's going to be like at the end of time, men running to and fro. The rainbow over the throne is the symbol that all the storms of life are over. Yeah, done. Again, yeah. law first mentioned. Yeah. So anytime you're looking, and the reason that we have not yet understood, I'm a minute over, I'll stop, is because we haven't looked. We haven't looked. Because if you go back to what Bishop said, anything in Scripture you're trying to understand, go find where it first is mentioned in the Bible, and that's what it is forever and ever. It never changes. So, yeah, we're going to have a physical yeah, we're going to have a spiritual. Yeah, it's going to be unlike anything we could ever possibly. That's why what we just described seems so fantastic, but it's just something God gave us to try to understand, Some, something that we really can't until we, we get there. So I'll see you all when we get there. <laughs> you all come, come look me up. I'll be on the west gate. I'm going to hang out by the west gate. Yeah, I bet his head was swimming when all this. Yeah, we didn't read the read the rest of that chapter, the last chapter. You know, Jesus talks about coming quickly again, but it's you know it's a it's a thing we're supposed to be excited about this, but we forget a lot. You know, we because we don't study a lot, we forget a lot about you know what. So, man, I've been wanting this big new house, and I've been wanting this big new car, and I've been wanting all this big new boat, and all. You know what? <laughs> it's not even going to touch. Matter of fact. When he destroys this, all that big new house and that big new car and that big new boat, they're all going to be gone unless you've got a boat made of gold. It'll just be purified. Yeah, that's it. God bless you tonight. Thank you all. This is the end of this series. We're going to start another, not another series, but. Yeah, as we went, the dispensations are uncovered. The last dispensation is the kingdom. There's the kingdom age, but the last dispensation is the end. There's six dispensations. We're in the sixth. The last one is the kingdom, the thousand years, and then there's no dispensation after the white throne. Correct. Right. We've done that. We've made all the dispensations. Yeah, we're just waiting on the seventh one to come. And by the way, we'll be here in the seventh one, so. All right. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.